This episode is recorded on Jar Jar Wurrung country and we want to pay our respects to the original creatives of this land and their elders past, present and future. Welcome to the Country Creators Podcast. With your hosts, Reese Hendy and Caleb Maxwell, we're going to dive into what it takes to be a thriving country artist. Hey, thanks for tuning in to our first ever episode of Country Creatives. Uh, this episode is going to overview a few of the things that we're going to look at over the course of this year. And also you get to know a little bit more about myself and Caleb, who are the hosts of Country hey Creative. That's us. We're going to introduce ourselves and yeah, tell some stories. It's going to be fun. Yeah, sweet. So let's kick off with the introductions. Caleb, you're from Hebron Films. You are the uh, founder of Hebron Films, but there's been some changes to the business structure over time. It, it was initially a collective yep. that started it off, but now you're the you're the man. So can you tell <laughs> me more about uh, Hebron Films? Yeah, sure. So I started uh, Hebron Films in 2013. Yeah, as you said, had a, had a few business partners at the start um, and then um, took it on um, pretty soon after conception with one legend called Levi Ingram. Uh, he's co-founder of the, the company with me and um, we, yeah, we've been running the, the business uh, for, yeah, seven, eight years now. Uh, we uh, make videos. <laughs> We're a production company and we, we help regional companies to uh, perform on the world stage using strategic online video. I took the business over it at the start of 2020 um, and I've got a, a couple of equally legendary uh, dudes that uh, work with me in the business at the moment. Yeah, you've got a really great team. They're all really nice people, um, which must make it easier <laughs> to go to work each day. And they're super talented behind the camera and uh, on the editing suite. So that's so pretty true. cool. Um, Tell me, mate, what's what's a project? What kind of projects are you working on at the moment? And, you know, what does one of them look like now? Just to give us a bit of an understanding. Your ideal kind of project. Yeah, good. Ideal um, projects for us are we like partnering with companies that have maybe a small marketing team and they just don't have the the time to be video experts, but they're a, a we call them remarkable regional businesses. And there's a bunch in Bendigo, which we're super blessed to have. We like kind of working on mundane seemingly mundane things but making them unmundane <laughs> we think every video can be really entertaining and fun to watch uh, which is what an audience is looking for even if it's like a, a hr video or an induction video we've done a few of those that we just really love because you the bar's so low <laughs> on the expectation um, that we get to smash it and really provide a heap of value to our clients. So one of them, uh, one remarkable regional business we're working at, with at the moment is- Nacho uh, Station. Oh, sorry, sorry, I cut in there. Uh, it's not Nacho, <laughs> Nacho Station. No, no, hey, look, they are pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. But um, no, uh, I wasn't thinking of Nacho Station. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are working with Sculptform to make uh, videos on their install process for their product, just briefly, Sculpt Form, Sculpt Form, are a uh, manufacturing business in Bendigo. They make architectural cladding products. So the stuff that uh, you put on the walls 
on inside and outside of buildings. Um, and they're, they're just genius. Like I won't, I won't go into detail, but if you want to check them out, please do. They are a remarkable regional business, sell their products all over the world and they make them in Bendigo. So yeah. Cool well, there's a few, um, or like, I really like that you've coined a term for that because it's not until you start to look around and really get involved with the business community that you're like, wow, there's some heavy hitters in these country towns Ooh, yeah. who are doing big things, global businesses. So, yep. Um, yep. oh, well, that's really exciting that you've um, scoped a few of those out and you're working with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We find we uh, bring uh, a lot of value. We like to think we do and uh, we hear from them that we bring a lot of value to their team and, and just expand their capability. Uh, but talking about uh, remarkable regional businesses, um, I know of one and they they don't they don't actually um, supply nachos in the form of a portable uh, facility as the the name may indicate. Uh, but they do something equally as cool called Nacho Station. And Reese, I believe uh, you are owner operator founder of Nacho Station. How cool is that? Yeah, thanks, mate. The tagline is not a food truck. <laughs> I have a laugh uh, quite often when people ask what's the meaning behind it why yeah. I'm yeah. disappointed I wanted nachos for lunch you know there's some great <laughs> well, answers what is the meaning the meaning well there's it's just about being memorable and having fun not really taking ourselves too seriously I love some Mexican food and nachos you know they go down as an all-time favorite so why not? There is maybe a story I'll tell about how we derived the name at another Please. date. I want to hear more about you though, Reese. Tell me, tell me your creative journey. What is Nacho Station? Yeah, it's um, definitely still evolving. I probably, I found my why I do what I do and I've found the passion to run the business, but it still has room to evolve and move. But where we're at at the moment is activating public space, creating more livable cities, working with um, organisations and councils and um, people who are looking to engage with their community or their audience and we help them do that through creativity and art. And so it can look like a lot of different things. The, the thing I find so exciting about running a business that is called Nacho Station is you're not really bound by the name. I can do anything under that name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. And <laughs> it, it does encompass a lot of different things. Like every day is something different and the outcomes are so completely different. Other than the only thing that they usually have in common is that there's a creative outcome that people can see or touch or they've been a part of making it. And what that actually is could be a whole number of things. So that's pretty exciting. I started off doing a lot of the painting myself and that's how I found my interest in this space. But it took a couple of years to realise that when I'm on the wall painting and doing all that prep work and the designing and the the physical hands-on painting stuff, everything else falls off, uh, all the organising and the project management and the, the things that you need to have a project run just get ignored and um, disappear. So I've definitely leant more into the space of being the facilitator where I have artists on contracts to perform certain jobs and then I might also organise the video crew and, you know, like I'll just be the overseer of the, of the project and I might help um, programme an activity where the community can get involved um, hands-on and that's something that I have really started to enjoy with the job is involving the community in a way that's 
not so superficial. We like to really give them a hands-on, make them feel like they've really been a part of something and that, that they can call it their own. So yeah, that's super exciting and we've I've been enjoying that line of work. Yeah, that's a, a, a really a next level kind of element to your business because obviously it started with murals and, and uh, uh, painting murals, physical murals on streets and, and being commissioned to do those kind of things. But as you say, it's really evolved into something more than that. It's, it's, uh, really about connecting communities and I've you know I've seen and heard of a lot of work you do with community workshops but also when there is a mural being created uh, like you say inputting and organizing those community events in and around the creation of that mural to to really make it feel like a an event that people can share you know be part of that they don't just walk past the mural and go oh hey I didn't see that there last week but they the community, has actually been involved in some way in connection to it. That's really cool. Yeah, there's there's a few different ways we do that. Like uh, for a place like the Golden Square Pool, for example, we actually sent out a, a feedback form to the entire community and said, hey, what does Golden Square mean to you? How can we represent that in a visual? And, you know, we had like 35, 40 people submitting that form, which I think is pretty good numbers That's for good. A, a non-for-profit uh, yeah. local community group. Great. And then... That feedback went to the artists who then created the artwork and, and incorporated different elements. So there was an actual uh, representation of community in the finished product. But then also on top of that, we had the kids come down and the parents and we painted this huge pavement entry mural. So we've got a high cool. quality finished mural that the community have ownership over. And then we've got this entry, we improved the entryway to the pool with a big pavement artwork. And, and that's, where I, that's where I really love when there's been that hands-on, all the people mm. that go to that space walk through and go, oh, I did that bit there. Oh, and look at this. And look, you know, like they've got something to be proud of and they feel like they own it a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's next level, and I love that that you have the freedom to achieve that um, ownership and community involvement in such a, a wide range of ways. Like you, you know, your possibilities are endless, and I love the creative creativity that you put into yeah making those experiences unique and and um, special. Mm. Very very cool. Yeah, talking of a unique and special experience, mate. I thought we should go into a little uh, story <laughs> about our first. Was it our first meeting? The first time we ever really uh, hung out or had yeah. had some good chats or work. We definitely the first time we worked together. Yeah, I think um, I think our uh, relationship was born uh, as every good one is in a coffee shop. That's right. I reckon I reckon that's where we first met was. Uh, at Get Naked Espresso on Mitchell Street. I reckon I reckon that would have been it. Yeah, shout outs to Get Naked because that's also a part of the breeding ground of Nacho Station where it kicked off. Jesse uh, gave us a chance to do the chalkboards uh, in the shop. Every month we'd go in on a Sunday and smash out a big chalkboard with me and mates and uh, people like you found out about it and said, oh, maybe yep. I should have that in my office. Yeah, that was exactly what happened. I was in there and go, man, I love this chalkboard art that's so cool and then yeah obviously getting uh connected to you um the first time yeah well, the first time we did work together i had an office uh not too far away a short walk away um and it had a big white wall and i well as soon as we got in there i was like we're a creative video production company we we can't we can't have a white wall with nothing on it. That's just not right. Uh, so I was kind of keen on, on the lookout for someone who could make it 
unique and dumped some creativity onto it and in a way that kind of told the story of our our business and our company so got in touch with you and and had a bit of a chat and um what did it, what did it look like from there, Reese? What was your what well, was your process back then? I'd remember because we were both in pretty startup kind of phases of the business. Uh, yep. I can't remember what year it was. It might have been twenty fifteen or sixteen, somewhere around then. I was just doing it as a hobby job at that point, and you had just launched this business, so we were both scarce on. Uh, well, I had plenty of time and you had not so much money, but I, yeah, I needed right. the promotions. I needed your skills to be yep. able to promote what we did and you wanted something that we had. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Contra, I do love a Contra deal. Just in case people don't know what Contra means, it's just when you're exchanging services or goods and without money. So we yep. came up with a deal for a Contra mural and the deal was you would produce a video to promote uh, the mural for us on socials and that um, from there our relationship was forged mate it's been fun since then <laughs> yeah it has been um, yeah that mural is just so much fun I love it. it it holds a very special place in my heart and I'm so glad that I have that video of its creation to yeah to really uh, remember it and it was such a it was such a great deal because like the video that I made uh, helped promote me making videos but it promoted you doing your work and then there was more wins in that uh deal than i don't know something yeah. with a lot of wins i love it melbourne cup yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that's the right horse i don't actually follow follow horse racing so you can correct me if i'm wrong um <laughs> no nah, but contra deals mate that's the way to start a business i reckon i still mm -hmm. love a contra deal but as long as both parties are happy it's great yep. now it's great are we going to drop that link into uh the website you can head across to the emporium creative hub .com.au and find some more information there. That's an interesting point you you touch on there. Why are we why are we on the Emporium Creative Hub uh, website? Yeah, well, I'm I'm sitting in the the recording studio at the Emporium Creative Hub right now, so I'm using their podcast setup, um, and it's a great space, soundproof, photo walls, lights, cameras, action, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, they've been really kind enough to support this podcast with the gear to record it and also uh we've got a producer who we should just introduce verbally yeah. for now oh definitely what a legend she is amy chapman is uh one of the programmers at the emporium creative hub but she is in her own right a legendary creative um quite experienced in the sound uh and music side of things and we are just in uh in awe and uh we feel very honored that she is on board as our producer we'll get her on uh on one of the, our episodes in the future to share a bit of her story yeah i'm really keen to um hear what she brings to the table she uh has a completely different skill set to us which is uh we've got a pretty random set of skills covered between the two of us caleb and we're just adding <laughs> yeah. a third person in who um really rounds out the creative team which is nice yeah definitely it and I think that kind of leads into why we're why we're doing this. I know we've we've done a little bit of a an intro on the purpose of the the podcast um, previously, but you just quickly, like, what? Why are we doing this podcast, and why should someone listen to it? And who is it for? Me personally, I'm kind of just doing this for fun, for the experience of getting better at talking live on a microphone, and uh, also I really want to have a voice in the industry and have the ability to affect change 
to some capacity, but also just meet a lot of interesting people. I think the networking opportunity through a podcast like this is pretty special. And um, Caleb, I love getting down to business with you and talking about the things that matter in running and managing a business. So I'm excited to just have those chats and the fact that people can listen in um, is just a bonus. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, um, I second that uh, last point about getting down to business. I think that there's a lot to be said for honing and kind of embracing the business side of a creative craft that you you want to make money from like that's that's our journeys has been building a business around our creative craft and i just want to do this to uh inspire and and uh help and um you know be of assistance in someone else's creative journey i know if i had have had um a a podcast to listen to that that gave heaps of um red hot tips and and tricks and and wisdom and uh lessons learned from mistakes then you know that would have been really valuable for me and may have sped up my journey into building a a self-sufficient creative uh, enterprise because it's been a long journey and one thing that we want to get across real early in this um in this podcast is that we are still on a journey we're not millionaires we're not uh we haven't made you know made it to the top i think the whole creative business uh journey is just that it's a continual journey and if you stop learning then you've you've lost it yeah mate i've got um absolute uh, imposter syndrome going on right now, like talking to you, <laughs> pretending that we know what we're talking. Well, we're not pretending we know. We're just kind of letting people know what we think we know. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. So Jesus. meta. Yeah, oh, meta. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's a really great point. We're still learning and, yeah, I'm hoping to learn a bit from our guests too. Like, I'm sure they'll give mm-hmm. us some real insights. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we hope to um, share what we have learnt uh, across our journey because, you know, we've been in this for, you know, almost 10 years. That's a fair while. And uh, we've made plenty of mistakes. So, And we've learnt lots of lessons and uh, we just love talking about how to get better. So if you're interested in uh, developing your own creative journey or commercialising a creative craft or just being a thriving creative in uh, a regional area, then we really want to encourage that and um, support. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I also wanted to touch on um, a little bit of a story about the some defining moments in our career, just to give people a little bit of an insight on when, when things changed for us or when we knew something was going on. And mine's actually a story of a fail, but that's all right. We'll get to yes. that. We're so organised. We've even got a uh, Trello board with our notes. So you've got down here, <laughs> Caleb, that your defining project was a Bendigo tourism project. So what yeah. was it and why was it defining? Yeah, that was that was a great one. Um, we'd only been in business like probably under a year by that stage. It was about 20, yeah, 2015 or something. Looking at, you know, who we can work with, what stories we wanted to tell. And we were both really passionate about, you know, our hometown and our region and and all the great things about it and and showing that off to the to the world and so Bendigo Tourism was a natural kind of contact to reach out to um, they're uh, a unit within council that promotes Bendigo and so we went to them and we were like hey we want to make a video um, and uh, amazingly they 
uh, were also thinking at the at the time, you know, video was a pretty emerging tool, I suppose. Um, it, you know, video and filmmaking has been around forever, but in a marketing sense, it was kind of just getting going in the minds of uh, regional companies and businesses because it wasn't as easy uh, back then to just post a video on Facebook and stuff. You actually had to upload it to somewhere like YouTube and then cross-post it onto onto Facebook. Um, yeah, Pre-TikTok. Pre-TikTok for you young listeners out there. <laughs> a long <laughs> way before TikTok and Snapchat and all those things. Yeah, so we jumped in and had a meeting with them and it was pivotal because they gave us the opportunity. Like they, they could see, they could probably see we were super green um, and we were just on, just on the scene, green and just on the scene. <laughs> and um, but they gave us an opportunity and they gave us a, a fair bucket of money uh, we, at the time it was massive I think it was about 10k um, we were like whoa it's raining dollars we've made it we've made <laughs> we've it, made it. <laughs> um, and we uh, created a film about the Bendigo region which took us like six months to make um, you know countless amount of shoots but we we told the story and I, f- I feel like we captured the heart of our our region and and some some of the really special parts about it and the 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 vibes of it and, and all that sort of stuff so that for me was um, just kind of proof to myself that we could make something that mattered and that we could you know we could do something that that um, benefited you know our client that we could make this a business that we had some talent I remember that as what I thought was your defining project too, because when that came out and was there a series of videos or was it just one? I think we broke it down into a, a little, a few pieces, but yeah, there was just one main one. Okay. Yeah. I just remember going, Oh, whoa, they, he's ste- they've stepped it up here. This is looking real schmick. So yeah, no, <laughs> it was, that was amazing. And it did really capture the essence of like country living and uh, tourism, like why it's good to come to the country. Hey, we're called the country creatives because we are kind of focusing in on being a being creative in a regional setting. I'll be interested to know what people uh, want to hear about, you know, not just working in the country, but uh, maybe city people wanting to work in the country or, mm. uh, you know, vice versa, how country people can break into the city. So, you know, we don't want to be defined by the name. We're just two country blokes living in Bendigo, uh, doing our thing. Back at university, uh, studying graphic design, final year of uni, I somehow got an introduction to uh, lead on through Bendigo Bank, managed by Bendigo Bank, and they had some money to support a youth project. And I had a a personal connection with the manager of lead on at the time, and he said, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh shit, what do I want to do? I'll have to think of something. So went back to the group of designers who we met my mates at uni and said what are we going to do i've got we got some money to put a project on and uh we came up with a magazine a collaborative magazine called flair so we we got two issues of flair done um and obviously because of the name flair we had to let off a flare for the uh photo <laughs> shoot it just made total sense but this this project flair was like uh it was a collaborative project so we had a team of designers, illustrators, uh, writers, photographers, uh, and then I was the project manager and sort of helped oversee it, but also did the design work and stuff as well. But we had something like 25, 30 people uh, 
collectively working on each magazine. So the writer would supply the article, give it to a designer, the designer would create the layout and then make whether there was a photographer involved or an illustrator involved as well. Um, and so it was it was pretty massive for, for, us, for me to be managing all these people. Uh, and I had some amazing friends who were on the executive you know, team who helped manage each of those smaller departments. So they were absolute legends. But we th- on, for our second issue, we got permission to let a flare off on the roof of the Bendigo Bank in Bendigo. No, I was going to ask about that. I, w- I was thinking how on earth, where where did you get the flare and who gave you permission to let it off? Like I thought you would g- you'd be doing some shady things on just jumping on a random roof, but you, it was legit. Well, just for a hot tip out there, if you do want a flare, a marine flare, you just go to like a fishing and camping shop and you can buy them because they're like a safety thing for boats. Oh, you got to have them in your tinny, yeah. <laughs> or your boat. If you're going out on the ocean, you got to have a flare with you. So we, yep. Oh, you beauty. Uh, we went and bought a few f- packets of flares and on the packaging, it said at night time, the night flare visible from 15 kilometers and the day one was visible from six kilometers or something. So we're like, sweet, wow. we can have a real impact with this. So we got on the roof of the Bendigo bank, had a scoped it all out, said, yep, it's a doer. We're going to do a photo shoot, a fashion photo shoot up here with the chick holding a flare. But I couldn't just let it sit at that. I had to make it some big big thing so i i printed out these little flyers that said um attention keep your eyes on the roof of the bendigo bank on this date at this time something never before seen in bendigo will happen i, I printed yes. off like a one page of them and cut them up and i was like oh i can't be bothered putting these around as a thing so i just went to the bendigo advertiser and i said oh hey i've got these little things that i've been putting everywhere what do you guys reckon? Will you cover the story? We're going to do this, that, and the other. And they were super keen on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey. We'll do that. They put it on the front page. No way. So this is the first fail part of the story. It was on the front page and I had spelt Rosalind wrong. So Rosalind oh, no. Park, the park in Bendigo where I said, go and view it from this location. I oh, no. spelt it wrong. So, <laughs> so that was the first fail you know, not a great professional look. But the next thing was we got on the roof and we actually had people hanging around, like waiting to see what was going to happen. And there was even people at the poppet head, which is probably like a kilometre away. And it's like a really direct line of sight from up there to down the bottom. And I had a, another mate who worked at the, uh, at the paper at the time as the photographer, Jim Aldersey. He was up there ready to get the shot with all the people there. <laughs> Yep. So we let the flare off. We're doing, we're ta- got some great photos. Amazing. But I was 20 metres away and I could hardly see the smoke. Not only did we spelt the whole thing wrong, but it was a full fizzer. There was no big bang crash fireworks. It was this little fizzle of smoke that you could hardly see from 100 metres oh, away. Well, that's not very safe if you're looking to uh, get found in the ocean 15 kilometres. Well, I've thought about that too, Caleb. And what I've realised is if you're in the middle of the ocean and there's nothing around you for 50, like mm. as far as the eye can see, sure, it's you can pinpoint that from a distance. When you're in the city on a roof and there's wind and there's stuff everywhere, it's next and to light. nothing. Yeah. Oh, so it fizzed out and uh, made some disappointed uh, onlookers. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to we riled them up on socials though. They were just <laughs> hammering us. Oh, not spelling mistakes, and it was a fizzer. And I even got a really <laughs> great picture from Jim after from the up on the rooftop lookout spot, the Rosie Park. He, yeah. Uh, he sent me a picture of the back of his camera because he hadn't <laughs> yeah. been back to the office yet, but. He got everyone who was disappointed watching us on the balcony. He goes, all right, everyone, let's get a photo and show them what we think. So everyone just had the finger up and they're all got like they're looking annoyed and disgruntled and he's taken a photo of that with the backdrop in the background. Said, oh, hey, mate, here's what the people thought of your uh, public display. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's fantastic. I know, Jim, I'll have to ask him about, ask him about that. Yeah, it's a pretty funny one. So, you know, that whole project, that whole project was a uh, pivotal moment for me to discover the uh, the power of collaboration and that I'm pretty comfortable in that project management role, overseeing lots of different things happening, not so much the one on the ground doing the actual, you know, paintbrush in hand. That's not really my strength. So, yes. Mm. Good thing to learn really early on because that's um, that's I think where uh, your biggest value is within your your business and creative endeavor. Um, that's where you're going to be able to grow the most and um, and have the most impact. So it's pretty cool to, that yeah we're able to find that out pretty early. Our next couple of episodes are pretty exciting. We're going to run through uh, a bit of a process. And we're starting off with the very first thing, why to start, when to start, how to start as a creative. Um, I'm looking forward to going through that process. Yeah, we, our first few episodes are going to hear the story of uh, an amazing local artist that we've got coming up. Uh, you'll um, you'll love him. Um, we're going to hear about his story, how he started um, as a, an artist and is now a, a successful, thriving uh, local me- artist and we are going to talk a little bit about our uh, journeys how we started but uh, what were the key kind of tips um, and things that are really required to kick off the the start of a creative uh, enterprise and that should be really that'll be really great to run through those um Caleb, I, you've got a really savvy business process um, and I know this because you've produced a video for me and a marketing campaign, which was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I'm just going to be, uh, I'm just going to be trying to get you to brain dump all of that stuff, <laughs> how it works, how you run through that um, leads, you know, cold leads through to warm leads through to paying clients through to getting the job done there's so many things to break down and we're going to try and do it uh we're going to try and do it in snippets so the creative journey we've got starting off with uh you know making the leap into a creative career you know and then we we delve into things like uh how you discover how do you discover your passion within that and why you actually do it you know through to getting good clients quoting bookkeeping uh onboarding new clients you know, the list goes on and hopefully we can expand on that list as we go and speak to interesting people and yeah, find out what you want to hear about. Yeah, it's going to be a really, really good journey and you're going to get a lot of value out of this. As we said before, we're, we're no, by no means the world experts in this, but we've got a lot of experience in these subjects and, and have just worked worked out a little bit of a, a sweet spot for ourselves and we're really keen to share what we've learned, they're going to be really valuable and just really short and sharp and punchy. Yeah. And, you know, later on down the track, I'm really uh, looking forward to just having, we've got a whole, 
we got so much time to just have chats and record them. I feel like I've got so many things we should talk about all at the once at the start, but we can just break it down and take yeah. it easy and focus in on them as we go. So I'm looking yep, forward to that. This is a big journey. There's enough content to keep this bad boy going for possibly 10 years as well. If you've ever spoken to uh, myself or Caleb, you know that we love to talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> so strap in. Yeah, and uh, with that, I'm going to wrap it up because <laughs> we could keep going forever. Um, thank you so much for joining us on our first episode, the intro to the Country Creatives podcast. If you're a country creative or you're looking to build a creative endeavor, then this is the podcast for you. And as Reese said, we'd love to hear from you about what you'd like to hear more of or less of maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and can't wait to uh, take this journey with you. We'll see you in the snippet. You've been listening to the Country Creatives Podcast, conceived and hosted by Reese Hendy and Caleb Maxwell. Amy Chapman produces the show, and support for the podcast comes from Emporium Creative Hub in Mitchell Street, Bendigo. If you've been loving what you're hearing, then please do subscribe, comment or share with your fellow creatives. All links and information can be found at theemporiumcreativehub.com.au.